the New York Knicks finally put out a statement. And the Atlanta Hawks give us an idea of what Nixon might look like. Plus, in honor of the Bruce Lee documentary, Be Water, what NBA player's motivational seminar would you like to attend? It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's do this. You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at Reds Army, underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. So no need to sugarcoat anything. We're just going to jump into it with the New York Knicks. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. So the New York Knicks, which were the only NBA team that not, had not put out a statement in response to George Floyd's death and the protests going on around the country, finally put one out. And this is after they had an internal email circulating around saying they weren't going to put out a statement, which makes you question this in the first place. But let me read it to you all because that won't take really long. It doesn't it's take only, long. It's only 35 words. And it goes, quote, every one of us has a role to play in creating a more just and equal society where there's no racism, bigotry, violence, or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. End quote. You can, you can stretch, it's 35 words. You can stretch it out to 42 words if you count like the little like logos they have at the bottom of the Madison Square Garden (laughs) Sports and Madison Square Garden Entertainment. So after circulating an email around that says, we're not going to put out a statement, because they're not qualified to do so, which is fair. They put out a statement, which just makes this feel so damn disingenuous, doesn't it? Yep, yep, yep. That, that's the thing. And what did I say last week? I'm, I, I was actually kind of happy in a way that they didn't put out a statement because it just let me know who you were. And, but yeah. that's not good enough. It's not good enough for them because putting that out there and letting the world know who you are at a time like this they see it as like, well, you can't do that. It, it's, it's, it's bad for business. And at a point like this, you know how serious the movement is because of how many different people have been forced to do something, have been forced to be seen in this sort of light. And it's on both sides of, of the aisle. Democrats wearing those scarves, whatever it was that they were wearing, the African, yep. like, pandering total pandering total pandering republicans you know trying to step out and be seen in black lives matter marches like okay fine maybe maybe when you start at disingenuous things you can get to the point where people actually do things that mean something but this nick's statement coming out now literally jake we were talking about this a week ago a week ago yeah they are the last team to do so in the NBA. They are, I think I saw the numbers on it. It's like 95, 97% of all pro sports teams in the U.S. of the big four leagues have put out a statement. The Knicks were the only holdout in the NBA, which, by the way, has 
it's, it's, I, I saw the number state. 75% of the league is black. You know, these are the guys who make you money and you're just going to be silent. And you said, we didn't want to do this. Like, we're not right. going to do this. And when you put it out, I don't believe a thing you're saying. Especially no, when it's so, like, sparse. 35 words is, like, you can do, I don't know. It's like the bare minimum, and it's like a crappy bare minimum. Right. The, the words, uh, let me just take a, a step backwards here and just say, these words are, are true. Mm-hmm. That every one of us does have a role to play in creating a more just and equal society. Where there is no racism and bigotry and violence and hate. That is 100% true. And to say we stand with all who act for a positive change, that is true. It is also because of the way it was rolled out, uh, because of how it's, it's phrased, it, it just it leaves them open uh, at a time where ambiguity is just not. Yeah. It's, it's not where we need to be right now. Greg Popovich coming out with that video and, and speaking from the heart, speaking emotionally, very pointed, that's where we need to be right now. And a lot of people listening, I've seen it on my Twitter, I've seen it on my Instagram. A lot of people don't want to hear this stuff right now. And that's fine. Like, it, it's, you have to hear this right now. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And a statement like this from the Knicks a week after telling people we don't want to put out a statement is just so off-putting. Like, it just feels like they did it because they have to. Yeah, and that is because they so felt they just counter. needed to. Right. That, does, that, that helps nobody. Stick to your guns at that point. Stay silent and move on. Like, unless the NBA came in and said, will you two, will you guys put out a statement or else you know, we're going to come down hard on you. Uh, unless the NBA came, came in and did something like that, just stick to your guns. We know who you are. We know how you feel. Don't pretend. And this feels like pretend to me. Yeah, it does. And it just opens them up to more criticism after that internal email. And there's nothing, you know, if Dolan comes out and says, look, you know, over the past week, I thought about this a lot. And you know what? We need to be more supportive in this sort of thing. Look at what happened with Drew Brees here in New Orleans, where, you know, over a 72 hour period, it really did seem like he had an awakening in what's kind of going on in the world with everything. And if Dolan kind of showed his work and explained everything on why he was putting the statement out, it might read differently than that we're, we're reading it right now. But they didn't. They put out this thing. Yes, the words are very true. I don't believe a thing of it coming from the Knicks. I'm sure some of the people internally there are happy who are upset the Knicks weren't doing this. But if you're going to wait a week and if you're going to really try and make a statement here, it needs to be more and it needs to be more meaningful with this. I had someone, you know, I was making fun of this on Twitter. Not even criticizing it is probably the right word. We like to make fun of the Knicks. I don't want to have to criticize them for this because this isn't good for anybody here. And he goes, you know, it's better late and appropriate. And he goes, our society reads too much into everything. Can't read too much into this. You absolutely have to read too much into things right now, I think. And you can read way much into this. And it's going to tell you a whole lot. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I, I wonder what Scott Perry is, is feeling right now, who is one of the league's few black general managers. And he has to work in an environment where like he's, I'm not going to get into his head. I don't know what he's doing, trying, trying to uh, work in that, in that circumstance, but 
he is a representative of a, a strong minority in the NBA, black front office people, uh, to have to go through this and, and then work for a person who operates this way in an organization that operates this way. I'd like to, I'd like to hear him say that's something. Fair. I think, you know, I'd fair. like to hear him say something. And I want to say this, it's not incumbent on black people to always make statements when, when something like this happens, like it's, it's on everybody, but when it's happening in his organization, when, when he is uh, one of the few in the league, like he needs to, I think, kind of be more vocal uh, in an organization that refuses to be vocal. And if it costs him his job, then, then he has a case to say, hey, look, this, this is why I lost my job. And then that really shines a light on that. Is he gonna, is it like, almost becoming a martyr maybe, but, um, he, I, I feel like running counter to what Dolan and, and MSG is, is saying and dragging their feet and, and stepping up and saying, you know what? I, I'm here as the general manager of the Knicks. And I'm going to say that this is disgusting and, and whatever, whatever it's strong terms. And if Dolan wants to like be the guy that comes down on him for that, then good luck. Ooh, good luck. Good luck. Good luck, Jamie. To do Dolan. that, which, like, I don't think that would surprise any of us if it was the case. But, but just from a basketball perspective, if I may, just from a basketball perspective, go for it. Scott Perry needs to let the young black men who make up what did you say, seventy-five percent of it's, the it's, NBA? I can pull up the exact numbers, but yeah, might be that more, when, closer to eighty, whatever it is. Whenever they come to New York to play in New York and whenever they come to New York to live in New York, in New York City, that they are playing for an organization that has their back, that if they go out, like Davo Sevalosha did one night uh, a couple years ago, and the NYPD doesn't know who the hell he is, they just treated him the same way that too many officers treat black people. If one of these Knicks players goes out and, and has this, d d does, what does James Dolan do? So I think Scott Perry needs to make sure that these guys, these players know that when they face these things, or if something else happens, because inevitably something else is going to happen in the likes of George Floyd, when these guys go out to protest, they're not going to face any sort of backlash from an owner that clearly is dragging his feet. They need somebody like Scott Perry to say, you know what, when you come to play for the Knicks, this is what we stand for. And, and he's in an interesting spot too. And maybe this is completely unfair to him. And as you said, it, you know, it, it shouldn't have to be him kind of taking a stand that, so here's the numbers I've got. So in the NBA, it's 70, I'm rounding up 75% of the players are African-American. That's what it's got here. In terms of general managers, it's 22% of the league. And if you want to kind of look at job titles and stuff, vice presidents is just 15. So he's one of the few African-American black people in a role like that. So he has a chance to really make a statement. And, you know, when things, uh, when we're past the time of statements, which maybe be a couple of weeks, it's going to shift to action. And that's what we're going to want to see. And a lot of teams have put out statements talking about the actions that they're going to take. Knicks didn't really do anything like that. And it just kind of makes you again, feel like this is performatory or something like that.
You know what? Let me let me let me call myself out a little bit here. It's not even on Scott Perry. It's on Leon Rose. Maybe it's more on Leon Rose. He's the new president. He's the guy when you look at the New York Knicks front office, he's third on the list. He's two down from James Dolan and he's the president of the Knicks. He just got that job. He's it might be more on him yeah, than probably. Scott Perry. To you say, want it to come from the highest person that's like basically right. going to make that statement or a joint statement. Like I, you know, Scott Perry may, and you can say, maybe I made the mistake of singling out the highest level black person in the organization to speak on this. And that's something that's unfairly put on black people in organizations. Like who's our highest ranking black person, please make a statement on behalf of yeah, the company. Yeah. I get what you're saying. That's, you know it what I mean? Seem like, right. I don't, I don't want to be the person that, that goes down that road. Um, and thinks that that's the absolute answer. Leon Rose is the guy who just took over the New York Knicks and is above Scott Perry. Yeah. Make Leon, Leon Rose should be the guy that should be out there, or both of them, the people who are running the team. The Knicks, beyond James Dolan, the Knicks have to let players know that coming here, you're, you're safe if you decide to be like one of the many, many players I know from as a Boston guy. I've seen uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and a few other guys make these uh, go on go on these marches. The way the Boston Celtics handled this was, I think, perfect. Like they stood behind them hundred percent, and other franchises have stood behind their players hundred percent. The Knicks, right now, if I'm a player and I'm out marching, I'm not feeling from the Knicks that they're going to do that for me. No, not at all. You don't feel like they have your back. It, it makes it tough, I think, to have buy-in to an organization like that, which can potentially impact play on the court too. And so that's now, you know, it, it's just a mess all around. And again, I think the, the way to sum up everything in this is this statement feels very, very hollow from the Knicks, especially given everything that we talked about in last week's show. So we will move on to actual schedule stuff when it comes to the NBA coming up here in just a minute. But today's show also brought to you by rockauto.com. Look, if you're trying to save a little bit of money, work on your car during a time like this, or just learn a little bit more, you're going to go into one of the big chain stores and you're going to get overwhelmed because the people that work there just aren't helpful. There's too many makes and models of cars out there. So if you're looking for a specific part, you walk in there, you don't know if it's got power brakes, regular brakes, what have you, they're not going to be able to answer that for you either. But a place that can help you order parts for the best prices I've seen. And look, I'm a big car guy. I'm actually restoring, partially restoring a 1976 Chevy Corvette. RockAuto.com is the place to do it. They stock a wide variety of parts and I've been able to find everything I'm looking for so far there at just the lowest prices I've seen. And I shop around, it can be expensive. So getting a good deal on the parts you're looking for is the way to go. So rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the rockauto.com prices are always reliably low. And they're same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts, which can end up happening at chain stores. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts where your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, John, we've got some news on next season. I know we're focused on what's going on in Orlando and everything coming out of that, but the Atlanta Hawks general manager Travis Schlenk said today that 
the NBA has told leagues, the league's GMs that the 2020-2021 NBA schedule could be condensed in order to allow the league to remain as close as possible to the current schedule format. I think this could mean two things, but first and foremost, do you think they like need to keep it on the same schedule that they've already had it? There's, there's a reason why they're doing this, and I think it's because you've got the Olympics that were pushed from this summer to next summer, that if you have the season go on too long, you're going to bleed into that, and I'm sure they want NBA players playing in the Olympics and on the U.S. national team. But other than that, there's no real reason to, right? I would rather the NBA do what the NHL does and take a break so those guys can go play an international competition mm-hmm. than to unnecessarily condense the season and put guys at risk of injury and to rush through things and play more back-to-backs than are necessary. There was mention in that call or that, that, that interview that there would be a four-game and five-night situation, which I really don't think the NBA is going to go back to. I don't think they're going to be playing a four-game and five-night stretch anymore. They worked so hard to eliminate that. To get rid of all of that stuff. So I think that they should, if they want to respect the Olympics and have guys go play in the Olympics, then go ahead. And you can uh, figure out a way after that to get back to the season and then pick things back up. I was already preparing for the league if they wanted to get back onto the regular schedule for it to take two or three years. So yeah. they shouldn't, they should not rush it. They should either ignore the Olympics and say, Hey, it is what it is or take a break for the Olympics if they're so concerned. Yeah. So it, this is something that sports leagues do around the, the world, particularly in soccer, you have international breaks. So team, so players can join the national teams and play world cup qualifiers or qualifiers for other tournaments too. So this, there's some precedent, for this around the world and how things get done. But it's interesting when they say condensed and it, does that mean they want to play 82 games and they're going to try and fit 82 games into a shortened calendar period, which means more back-to-backs for, you know, all of that stuff we just talked about, or is there a potential that maybe you just shorten the regular season? If you look at like, look at this year, there's, there's one playoff spot that's still to be decided. And that's the eighth spot in the wet, in the Western conference. Everything else is set. Like, I, I'm sorry, Wizards, you're not getting in in the East here. We've played 65 games probably on average between most teams. You know, they played 66 games in the lockout season. You could probably hit the target point for the end of the season if you played that many games, 66. I think that makes sense. But are they so worried about missing regular season games and recouping money from that that they're not willing to look at that is the question, I think. Yeah, I think it depends somewhat on how restart goes maybe if this restart is such a ratings bonanza that espn and tnt turner uh can recoup a lot more money then then maybe they can sit down with those tv partners and say hey how do you feel about a 72 game season next year 70 game season and 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 work something out and you know, we talk about guys uh, the, the league bending over backwards for your team and, and getting Zion in there because it's such a ratings bonanza. And I'm all for it. I'm fine with get Zion in there. That's fine because if Zion means more money for ESPN and TNT Turner, then 
that means that they're more flexible down the road when the league has to go to them and be like, okay. So that was the 2019-20 season. But the ripple effects are going to carry us into the 2021 and 21-22 season. Work with us here. How can we get back to some level of normalcy? How much are you guys willing to sacrifice? And making more money than they thought this summer could help. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. So maybe it's it doesn't need to be decided right now. It maybe needs to be decided in October what they're going to end up doing. And maybe they come up with a couple different contingency plans for everything. But you're right, it probably matters on how much money they make right now from these eight games that teams are going to be playing. And if they make a ton, yeah, you probably need to play all 82 games to ensure the health of the league and get back to normal. And that might mean you tweak with the schedule and it bleeds out two or three years but if they don't make much money, I think that's when maybe you can look at doing 66 games or so and just realize that the bulk, you know, a ton of your revenue comes from the playoffs or at least the TV rights. And that's when people tune in more than random regular season games, though. I think I've read that between 35 and 40 percent of the league's revenue comes from like gate receipts and game night revenue. So losing a lot of games, I think, can hurt them. But Again, there's no optimal scenario here. And maybe the NBA trying to get back to normal too quickly is actually going to cost them in the long term. Yeah, I think so too. The one thing that I will say is that at least it looks like the NBA is going back to their normal schedule. And we're not just sticking on the December through whatever, August, October, you know, yeah. September, October schedule, which I think is the right thing to do. Because as I think I've said on this show before, having the NBA deviate from the schedule that has been the norm across the world could be problematic for the draft for free agency for international play so anything that gets the league back to a regular schedule that we're used to with the finals ending in june i think eventually getting back there is going to be good so you're not a fan of just moving it for forever to starting in december no no i i, I just think because it's, that's not going to, that's not going to change how college goes. It's not going to change how the international leagues go unless every international league changes, which changes the pool of players that teams will have to pick from for, for free agents. It changes the timing of when certain guys have to decide, well, am I going to go and make however many million dollars in, you know, Europe, or am I going to stick around and wait to see if, I hook on to an NBA team. If you start the season in December and training camps in November versus signing with a team in Europe in August or September, by the time you realize that, huh, I'm not going to make this team, it's now December. That, that other team, that European team has set its roster. And now you're yeah. a player, a fringe NBA player who had millions on the table. And now you're what? Where do you go from there? Do you go to the G League and make whatever fifty, hundred thousand dollars you can make in the G? Like you have a lot of these guys are going to be screwed by this, and the league doesn't want to have that. The league probably wants these guys, especially, to go to Europe and get better, so they can become NBA players maybe down the road. And I'm looking at guys like Brad Wanamaker for the Boston Celtics, who is not the biggest impact guy, but has turned into a solid backup because of all of his years playing Euro League and being very good there. If the, if the season had shifted 
a guy like Brad Wanamaker doesn't have the opportunity that he does in the NBA. And I think it's important to have those guys available uh, because if, if they don't have a Brad Wanamaker as a, a backup guard who's serviceable, who do they go to? A lesser player? It hurts the league. It hurts the product. And I frankly want to see these guys, their hard work pay off. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It, it, you know, I know we like to think of the NBA as kind of like the be-all, end-all, but I guess it is part of like a larger puzzle. They might be at the center of that puzzle, but it, then it doesn't fit in if everything else doesn't kind of align around it. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what the NBA is going to do because there's still going to be ripple effects for years to come, and especially into next season because of the coronavirus and the suspension of this season. So we're going to have a little fun in the next segment. Let's get a little bit motivational, personal philosophies coming into things here too, and have a little bit of fun with it. But before we do that, today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, basically, you could sum it up as saying it's the best tasting protein bar ever. I use these as a meal replacement after a workout. I go work out 11, 30, 12 every day, then eat one of these for lunch. They are low calorie, high in fiber, high in protein. They've got some that are 110 calories and 15 grams of protein, 170 calories and 20 grams of protein. Plus, they just taste really good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're chewy. They're not dry. They're not chalky. And John, right now, they're doing some awesome stuff with the current climate of everything going on. Yeah, they're changing the formula of the bars, and they've got 8 million bars that are going to sell at up to 50% off, and 100% of those profits are going to go to uh, organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and the ending of racism. So if you go right now and use the promo code locked on to get $10 off your first purchase, all of their profits are going to go help make a positive change in the community. Can't ask for much more than that. Very generous of them. Plus these things just actually taste good. We They're good hear it. Everyone on the lockdown network. I can't wait to network. see what the better, the better version is going to be. Yeah, I know it's already, already really good. So I'm excited like to hear that. So go to BuiltBuyer.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off over at BuiltBuyer.com. Okay, John, so I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like four in the morning. I had like a weird, weird dream. And I actually think this like partially came from a tweet you had sent out the other day when you were talking about the Bruce Lee documentary, Be Water, that came out and his philosophy of Be Water. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm kind of familiar with that. And it got me thinking about like NBA players and their like personal philosophies and who you'd kind of want to like listen to or go to like a seminar where they talk about that and like get you motivated for this sort of thing. Like, I think I woke up from a dream where I went to one that Kyrie Irving was hosting to talk about (laughs) his personal philosophy. And you go there and you sit in like a hotel ballroom and his is that crappy uh, hotel out by the airport. And you go into that like conference room and he's just trying to sell you crap and you've wasted your money on all of this because there's nothing of substance right there. Uh, And I'm sure you could speak to this a little bit more for everything. So, and you can touch on it, but I'm sure there's I, NBA players that have a good philosophy we'd like to go to their seminar on. Yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time listening to Kyrie speak and I've, I, you know, trying to transcribe his quotes. You're listening, you're watching him. You're like, wow, he just said a lot. And you transcribe it and you, as you see it, you're like, wow, he didn't say anything at all. So um, he's the type of guy where you'd go to his seminar and you'd come out and you'd be like, I spent money on that. 
I hope I, I hope I get a, at least a set of golf clubs out of this because if I don't, then I really got ripped off. You, you might walk out of there with like a stake in a timeshare or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, in some like faraway land that I've never heard of before. Yeah, that that's may not just, exist. Uh, yeah. And then your residuals go to the person who like roped you into all of this. And then all Kevin of a sudden you realize it's like, a, yeah, a pyramid scheme and you don't feel good. Durant is probably one you wouldn't want to go to too. He's going to try and talk to you about how he doesn't care about stuff in social media and how to block all of that stuff out. And then you realize he goosed up the attendance numbers to this thing by having all of these like fake personas that signed up. And you're like, oh, I thought there were going to be a thousand people here. I saw a thousand people on like the RSVP list. Half of them are him. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. It's just it's just a bunch of holograms of Burn, him. In burners, costumes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like different costumes and, and disguises. Kobe would have made a killing with this sort of thing, with the mama mentality probably. Kobe, right? yeah. I mean, that that's essentially what the Nike campaigns used to be, right? Like, yeah. He, like, he did make a killing through the shoes and the, the mama mentality. But yeah, that's exactly the type of stuff we're talking about. And so I'm going to start with my own guy in Boston, Jalen Brown, who I think right now is especially relevant and especially for a guy who came into the league where one of the quote unquote knocks on him was he's too smart and he's not too, he's not so focused on basketball, which you realize how coded that was. Um, his, his actions and words during the past few weeks have been uh, amazing. Now I've heard, I've heard him speak on, on different topics and I, I think his pursuit of things outside of basketball is really, really important because of the types of things that he's pursuing. I know in Boston, he's reaching out to young black children and, and, and giving them this, this feeling of, Hey, this is what you can do. This is what's available to you. This is how you can succeed. And, and using his money and his influence and his voice to uplift a community that he feels strongly about. So out of uh, an abundance of respect for what he's doing, I'd love to sit down and, and hear more of, of what he's saying. Uh, I think that's a great one. And you've seen him out at the front lines of protests and being much more involved and much more vocal than I think I've ever like noticed with him before. And that's been really cool. What now? I feel bad, like making jokes after that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Should I put that last? <laughs> yeah, we got to end on the positive note here. What about like Anthony? So like, this is just going to sound so petty of me, and maybe it is, but Anthony Davis has got a pretty good philosophy of being able to for almost force his way out and get everything <laughs> he wanted with it, getting traded to the team he wanted to go, not on the timeline that he wanted, but also clearly not caring about his reputation in certain places by doing something like well, that. Well, sure, sure. Well, that would be a, a forum on player agency, right? Guys yeah, who have forced their ways out. There you I go. Like, so like him and LeBron and who else? Who else would have that that agency? I mean, would basically uh, Mello, be, Mello was probably like the first guy that kind of really sure. took it into his hands with the forcing yep. the trade to the Knicks, even though that yep. ended up working out for the Nuggets. And look, I, I would. And, and here's in a serious note. Here's why I would love to hear it because because you and I sit here and we make jokes. I want to hear what they have to say in an honest moment. Like, hey. This is why we flex our muscle this way, because not just because we can. Um, and then I would love to be able to follow up. Be like, uh, well, you don't. Why did you feel the need to be dickish with those? That's all, folks. Some, oh man, shirt. 
but like like why do you have to add that little element of it there's a good base to something there right like and i get it and originally there's a real conversation to be had yeah like originally new orleans like i get it these guys careers are short go do what you want with it like make make the most of it i don't blame most of these guys for this sort of thing when you kind of look at how much of a business it can be and how expendable they are at times like yeah if you have some player agency go and use it because you don't have that kind of leverage for very long so it definitely makes a lot of sense would would Jokic's be the most fun to attend because it would probably be filled with like baked goods yeah, I was just going to say the buffet would be amazing. <laughs> right? I, I, but then, you know, I would have to fight him for the buffet. Uh, He's kind of big, big, like tall. That's what I meant. But uh, hey, look, we're, we're joking, but he He's also a very good shape. player. Yeah, he's apparently got like some abs showing and stuff right now. That um, would be amazing. And he's like, seriously, like on top of, like, I would love to be able to eat anything I wanted and still be awesome. Like, that'd be awesome. And that's uh, what he's been. Rondo's got to have a good one, right? Like, in terms of prepara- preparation and how you prepare for opponents and like anticipating things. Like, playoff sure. Rondo is a thing for the dude's like ability to devour film in a short period of time. There's some other stuff with it. Yes. Yes. Um, I feel like halfway through the discussion, he'd be like, you know what? You guys just don't get it. And he'll leave. You're like, like, like that's like, I'm tired of explaining this to you, morons. I, because frankly, I do think that Rondo is like one of the smartest people in the league. You would not be allowed to ask questions at his seminar at all. Like no, if you, because, you know, he was here in New Orleans for a year and like talking to him after games. Oh man, if you asked a question he had no interest in, like it's yeah. n- nothing good. Like the response yeah, to you was going to be like vulgar and like awful right. at one point like two we, word we, answers or a glare yeah basically we asked him like how good was this guy tonight and it, it like just look try and google that when he was in new orleans and see what the answer is we're not going to repeat yeah. that on here because we're probably <laughs> in trouble with it but it was like whoa man like we lobbed you up a softball that has nothing to do with anything and like that's your response so yeah, yeah you would not be able to ask questions at this so if you didn't understand it that's on you he's showing you how to do it and like that's it rajan rondo does not play softball He's no. not a softball player. Uh, the one guy I would really love to hear from is uh, Vince Carter because I want to hear, and, and this, this is a philosophical thing, so maybe I don't want to go too deep into why did you go back to UNC to go through the graduation during the playoffs, um, but I do want to hear why he decided that he was not going to be ring chasing. And I think that philosophy, we're talking about philosophical stuff that Bruce Lee. That's a really good one. And the B water, like understanding your role, but like, why did you, why you had the opportunity to be decent. Like he was decent. He could have signed with, he could have signed with any title contending team for the most part, I think. Like I'm sure the Lakers could have used them. The Clippers could have used, like somebody could have used him in, in the same end of bench role that everybody but why didn't you want to do that why was it important for you to not be perceived in that way like that's something i would really love to be able to have a, an extended conversation with him yeah because there's got to be something like deeper to that right like otherwise it makes kind of no sense right because because you can go it's ve- it's look, a vet minimum deal you can get that anywhere get it anywhere and when you start a season with a team by the time you get to the end of the season you're part of that team it's not like you're coming out of retirement to sign with the team at the deadline 
um, and or right before the playoffs and you, you play three games in the playoffs and they give you a ring. Like he would still be part of the team. That's still acceptable. But he decided that he just didn't want to do that, which is which is really, really interesting. Yeah, that now now I kind of feel sad that we're not going to see him in these final eight games in like his know. career likely ended. I thought about this the other day because the Pels were supposed to play the Hawks twice over like the final part of the regular season. And you're excited to see, you know, Vince in person one last time. A guy, you know, I'm 34. Like that guy when, you know, when I'm growing up in like your formative NBA years, he's like right at the forefront of everything. So kind of disappointing that he's not going to be in this. I know. It sucks. But I think the people people would have been a little pissed off if the Hawks got in. <laughs> uh, there was just no way you could, could not do it. They wanted that. to play, but there was like no way to justify it. Uh, there's probably no way we can justify keep going on with the podcast anymore. So it's probably as, <laughs> as you see what I did there, as good of a spot to end it. So on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. You can find me, Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. Don't forget, check out the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Just tell your smart device to play podcast Hollinger and Duncan. And as always, we'll see you all next week.